0: in the name of the father the son the holy spirit one god amen what does righteousness look like what does righteousness look like it's a rhetorical question abraham. Like abraham. it looks like abraham it looks like st mary god in this so in this month of kiach god is preparing, or the church is preparing us to receive Jesus Christ. And Saint Paul has been writing in the book of Romans which has taken us on this journey from the first week until this the third week and will continue next week in speaking to us about how God has revealed His righteousness in Jesus Christ. And this is one of the main themes of this month, the righteousness of God being revealed. And as I have spoken about this righteousness of God in this, uh, these sermons, as well as in the Tuesday night Bible studies, we understand first that Jesus Christ is showing, so if I'm going to answer the question, what does God, what does righteousness look like from God's perspective? God's righteousness is His faithfulness to the covenant, to the promise that He made with us. Timmy, pay attention. God's promise that He made in the Old Testament. He is remaining faithful to that, to that promise, that we would be His people. He would be our God, and we would be His people, His children. And that faithfulness culminated in Jesus Christ coming to perfect that faithfulness and to show once and for all that God is being faithful to His promises, even if we, have been unfaithful in keeping our end of the promise. Now God's faithfulness in showing us His righteousness is not just to do something and to finish the work and then we receive the product of that work, but the work involves us as well. We are part of that faithfulness. We are part of that righteousness. How? Not only do we receive the righteousness of God, but we have to uh, be examples of that righteousness. We have to be deemed righteous. And In today's uh, Pauline epistle about Abraham, it said Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness, which is very important, because essentially he was saying to God, God, I'll allow you to work in my life. I'm going to allow you to do. We know the righteousness or the the faithfulness of Abraham. Abraham had faith in God, and God did work in him through Isaac and through uh, the rest of Abraham's life. But we see the righteousness of God working in Abraham because Abraham was working with God. So it's not simply that Abraham received righteousness and it was like a badge of honor that he walked out with, and he said, I was deemed righteous by God. doesn't matter what I do with the rest of my life. No, it mattered what he did. And his faith in God and in God's promise manifested the righteousness of God. If Abraham believed God and was accounted to him as righteousness, he too had faith in God and revealed his faith through his works. But if we want more details... We can look to today's gospel of the Holy Virgin Mary. A young girl who was told that her relative Elizabeth was expecting a child. Remember last week's gospel? Archangel Gabriel came to her and said to her, Not only is this going to happen to you, but also your uh, kinswoman, your relative is with child. And so, In this gospel today, it says, Mary arose arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste. Now, she runs with haste to see Elizabeth. And in our minds, we can maybe pause and say, who who should have gone to who? Who goes to who? Should Christ in St. Mary go to somebody else? Or... Is Christ the one who has more honor, more dignity, more holiness? So John the Baptist in Elizabeth should have gone to Mary. I think we would, we might put things in this order. But what St. Mary does is exactly what God did for us. God doesn't just say, okay, I'm going to heal you of all your sins, I'm going to take away your iniquities, I'm going to wave my hand over you, and, and death is going to leave, and I forgive everything, and... He doesn't do that from far away. But God sends His only begotten Son into the world. He comes down physically and you know, in His divinity as well. He comes down to us. This is uh, the, the fancy word in English is His condescension. Condescension is He comes and He lowers Himself to our level. And you see St. Mary is doing the same thing. She's not thinking in terms of who's more important. She's thinking about what is right to do, an older woman who's with child. And it was probably Elizabeth had responsibilities in the house towards her, her elderly husband taking care of him. And not only is his, her elderly husband's needs taken care of, but during this period of time he is is deaf and mute and unable to speak. So he's now has certain disabilities that don't help him to cope in the world so mary decides to go to her um, her her aunt to her kinswoman and she and the mother of our lord when she arrives elizabeth is able to prophesy elizabeth is able to see things and to speak about things that not just anyone knows and so st elizabeth says Is filled, it says, with the Holy Spirit. It says, blessed are you among women, blessed is the fruit of of your womb. Why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And this is, almost all of humanity is saying this. Why was this granted to us, O God, that you should come down to us? That you should humble yourself and come and be with us? He says, and then she says, Indeed the sound of your voice aloud or, or, or in my ears, and then the babe leapt or leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And so we see the faith of Mary being revealed through these words of Elizabeth, that Mary is believing everything that the angel had said to her, and then we see a little bit more of a glimpse into what righteousness looks like. Righteousness first looks like the one uh, who goes and who serves and does the work of the Lord, like Abraham did, and like Mary did in going, simple, the simple going to Elizabeth to take care of her for, these, for those three months, probably the last three months of her pregnancy. And, uh, and the Gospel writer, St. Luke, says, not only did she go, but she went with great haste. She went with haste to see Elizabeth. And then we hear the, ver- the words of St. Mary in this beautiful hymn, this canticle, this, which is called the Magnificat. This hymn begins with the words, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And from those two lines we see another characteristic of what it means to be righteous. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. She's saying, I think I've explained this word before. What's the Arabic equivalent of this word? If the word is nefesh in the Hebrew, what does it sound like in the, in the Arabic? No, 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 not the Arabic, nefesh nefs it's the nefesh and nefs you're right in the Arabic she says that but the soul the, the nefesh in the, in the Hebrew nefs nefes is the breath but the, the, the nefes is the breath which has the life in it but the words are related and why I'm, I'm identifying the relation because of what when we say nefsi for something you know nefsi in Arabic when we say I, I want something really really bad say <laughs> Say this, nefsi, right? Yeah. All these three words, all these three words are related. So when she says, my soul magnifies the Lord, she's saying, everything within me makes God greater in my life. She doesn't make God greater. She doesn't make God greater. God cannot be made greater. But God becomes greater within her, and that's why she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And so, another characteristic of righteousness is that God becomes greater every day within our life. We think, in our life, we think about things, not moment to moment, but we think about the big, the big things. And what do I mean by that? When we think about, for example, we we think about prayer. And we say, I don't have time. I don't have time to sit with my agbeya. I don't have time to spend praying. I have a lot of things to do, and then we immediately become defeated before we take one step towards that road of prayer. Uh, every, every marathon is, is started by one step, right? Is that the every great journey? There's some there's some uh, saying there, but every great journey is started by one step. Instead of getting overwhelmed with the one thing that I'm not doing. Take steps to do the little things. Maybe I'm not fasting perfectly, but in the next meal that I'm about to have, I can make that a focus and a point in my life. Maybe I messed up with my children a moment ago. I don't have to continue on this road and say, that's it, I'm an angry person, I have a temper, this is how I am, this is how, I'm never gonna change. I can make those changes. So that if I make those micro changes, moment to moment, the Lord becomes greater within me. My soul begins to magnify the Lord within me. I begin to take these practices, implement them in my life, excuse me, implement them in my life, and make the presence of God greater in my life. And then she says, My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. The Spirit is the part of the soul that speaks to God and to which God speaks to us. The Spirit is that place where we communicate with God. The Spirit is where God is enthroned within us. What do we find joy in, in our life? What brings us joy? And I guarantee you the things that bring us joy in our life Come and go. But the real joy that comes from above are those things that nothing can shake us from that joy. So I might have joy from Christmas, from receiving a few gifts. But after those gifts get old, after they get worn out, after I get that first, second, third scratch in my car. It becomes and the smell of the new car goes away all that stuff now it's just normal it's not really the source of my joy but when my joy comes from God nothing scratching my car doesn't doesn't bother me uh, you know some somebody says something bad at work it doesn't bother me even tragedy might bother me but doesn't take away that confidence now joy is not something where I'm always happy but joy is this confidence and this, this knowledge that this is not the end. That this is not going to be the last thing that's said or done. That there is another final say that will happen. And that is where my joy ro- uh, resides and lies. And St. Mary here, when she says, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. she's an example of somebody who is always looking for the hand of God she wanted to see the hand of God and she was always looking to see God working and if you read this beautiful passage you see her not only memorizing and and synthesizing and analyzing everything that happened in the Old Testament but she sees it happening now in the present in in, in today's day in in her day, in her age she says that God has looked upon my lowly state as, as his handmaiden or his maidservant or in, you know, in a more crude way of saying as the female slave. And behold, henceforth from now all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. She has been looking for the hand of God. So if we ask again, what is righteousness? Righteousness is the one who is doing the work of God. Who is doing the work of God in the sense of Abraham, in the sense of Mary. The one who says yes to God working within their life. Number two, righteousness is the one who uh, in their attitude towards God or in their work towards God or in their relationship with God is always looking for God's presence to be greater in their life and by the way that leads to something else when i want god to be greater in my life i want god to be greater in the people's lives around me as well so not only do i want god to be great and known to me i want the person next to me to know the same thing that i know and then when she says my spirit rejoices in god my savior it's that part in her that gives her the complete joy, the fullness of joy. And the one who is righteous finds happiness and joy in that which comes from above, from God. The righteous person is the one who rejoices within themselves, himself or herself, rejoices in the work of God within them. The work of God is not always an easy work. The work of God is not always something that brings immediate satisfaction. Mary is single for all intents and purposes. She was not married. It was not lawful for her to be having a child. And in the Gospel of Matthew, it says that Joseph wanted to hide her so that she wouldn't receive any punishment for whatever she she had done. Mary, even though with all this anxiety and not really knowing how this is going to play out, is still finding joy and happiness and magnifying the Lord within her. And during this season of Advent, we are pursuing righteousness, not only to see it in the child Jesus, who we will celebrate his birth on the, on the Feast of the Nativity, but also that we want that righteousness, pursuing it so that it can be greater in our lives. I don't look to my brother and my sister and say, I wish you were more righteous. I look to myself and I say, I need to be on this path of righteousness. And not to be overwhelmed with how far or how long the road is, or how far away we are from it, but to take it a step at a time, during our fasting, during our prayers. Now we complain about how much time we don't have during um you know the regular time of the year but now when we have some more free time we have some uh, ability to sleep in a little bit later we have some vacation do we run to our bibles to to devour what we couldn't devour during the rest of the year do we spend some time in prayer or do we just waste it with other things other needs we get distracted with other pursuits Right, so we have to we have to be honest in our in our evaluation examination of our time. I have the excuses for when I'm busy. Do I have the excuses for when I'm not busy? For when I'm free, when I have more time. Take time to schedule this with you, your family. Take time to schedule the special time during the special season and to be on that road pursuing righteousness. To God be the glory now and ever in the age of all ages. Amen. One second. One thing I want every one of us to keep in your prayers. A family is being torn apart by um, a a difficulty in their lives. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. But there's um, an 18-year-old young man who needs a heart transplant. He's been in the hospital for probably 50 days, uh, waiting for a heart transplant, and things are getting worse, not better. So we're asking everybody during today's liturgy and to keep him in your prayers until uh, God hears our prayers and answers our prayers, and we have um, that answer. Let us keep him in our prayers. His name is Alex uh, McBratney. Um, his, his mother is the daughter of Abuna Yohanna Iskander from St. John's, Covina, who passed away maybe 20 years ago. Um, or, or, or so, last 10-15 years so that family Titi from the center Titi's sister son, Titi's sister's son Georgette Tedros, right? so uh, it doesn't matter, you know, you don't know but just keep him in your prayers uh, during this during our liturgy today may God be glorified in him and through him to God be the glory now and ever in age of all ages Amen